1: Welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome this fine Saturday morning and as always, we truly appreciate you taking the time and tuning in to our program. We also value your questions and your comments, your encouragements. Please keep them up. And so if you're listening today for the first time or maybe you've heard some other programming and you have some questions or maybe a subject that you'd like to hear discussed please contact me by email at Saturday morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com that Saturday morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com the program today is is, um, is an interesting subject because there's a there's a never-ending question that's on many of our minds and it's been asked by many pastors and uh, Bible scholars. And the question is, who put Jesus on the cross? That's an interesting subject. And there's endless conversations connected to that question. I want to read Isaiah 53.5 real quick from the Old Testament. It says, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes... We are healed. There's a strange conspiracy of silence continuing in the world. It's been going on for a long, 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 long time. And this silence, I will tell you, and this conspiracy of silence is even in religious circles. And what is is the silence? And it's about man's responsibility for sin the reality of judgment and about an outraged God and the necessity for a crucified Savior. On the other hand, this is the reality of this, there's an open and powerful movement that continues swirling around the world that we live in designed to let us off the hook and give people a peace of mind and giving us relief from any historical responsibility for the trial and crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The problem with modern decrees and pronouncements in the name of brotherhood and tolerance is the basic misconception of the theology of our faith. It is a basic misconception. And I will tell you that there is a great shadow that lies upon every man upon every woman. And that shadow is the fact that our Lord was bruised and wounded and crucified for the entire human race. And this is the basic human responsibility that men are trying to push off and evade every minute of every day of our existence. And so how often do we hear the blame placed on Judas or Pilate, right? Um, what happens when we start to mention the name of Judas? We, our lips curl up and we get out this curse. Oh, he sold Christ for money, right? It's, it's, it is crazy. In every alley, in every dim, lighted, evil place throughout the world, every man's fingerprints, my brothers and sisters, are recorded. And God knows man from man. It's impossible to escape our guilt and place our moral responsibilities on someone else. It's a highly personal matter, too, our iniquities, when you think about that, isn't it? I would tell you what we should really do is we should pity Pilate because he was weak-willed, because he didn't have the courage enough to stand for the innocent man whom he declared himself. Pilate said, this man has done nothing wrong. And I'll tell you, don't curse the Jews for delivering Christ to be crucified. Let's not single out the Romans and blaming them for putting Jesus on the cross. Is there guilt there? Were they complicit in this crime? Certainly. Absolutely they were. But they were all accomplices in this crime. They and we, my friends, put Christ on the cross. Not them alone. That rising malice and anger that burns so hotly in our chest today is what put him there. That rebellion put him there. And the basic dishonesty that comes to light in your being when you knowingly cheat someone, when you knowingly take advantage of another, that's what put Christ on the cross. The evil, the hatred, the suspicion, the jealousy, the lying tongue, the carnality, the fleshly love of pleasure, all of these natural man joined in putting Christ on the cross. And we all got to admit it, every one of us in Adam's race has had a share in putting Jesus on the cross. I often wonder myself how many professing Christian men and women could approach the communion table, because it says, put away all your sin before you actually consider taking the elements or communion, right? How many of us would participate in the memorial of our Lord's death without feeling and sensing the pain and shame of the inward confession that we too are complicit? That we too, I am among those who helped put him on the cross. And I want to remind you that it's this characteristic of the natural man to keep ourselves so busy in unimportant, trifling things that we give ourselves this false sense so that we can avoid the settling of the most important matters relating to life and our existence. All of us, both men and women, will gather anywhere and everywhere to talk and gather about every subject from the latest fashion to the latest music to the best food to the best this, the best that. Up and down, everything imaginal we talk. We talk endlessly. They talk about the necessity for peace. Where is the peace? Where is it? They talk about the church and how we can stand up Against sin, the church can be this light, right? None of these kinds of things are embarrassing subjects. But the conversation, my friends, all stops. And the taboo of silence becomes affected when anyone dares to suggest that there are spiritual subjects of vital importance to our souls that ought to be discussed and considered. Think about those conversations, what happens. Two things you don't talk about, religion and politics, right? It seems as though there's an unwritten rule in our so-called polite society that if any religious subjects are to be discussed, it has to be within the framework of theory, right? Religious theory, not a reality, a theory. And never let it get personal. Now, all the while, there's really only one thing that is of vital and lasting importance. And it is the fact that our Lord Jesus Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. And in this conversation, my friends, there's two very strong and terrible words here. Transgressions and iniquities. I want you to think about what they are. A transgression is breaking away, a revolt from any just authority. In, in an all moral universe, <laughs> only man and the fallen angels have rebelled. It's only us and them guys that have violated the authority of God. And still to this very day, as the clock ticks away in our existence, we are still in flagrant rebellion against that authority, the authority of God. And I will tell you, there is no expression, there's no word in the English language which really can convey The full weight and force of terror inherent in the words transgression and iniquity. But in man's fall and transgression against the created order and authority of God, we recognize perversion and twistedness. We recognize deformity and crookedness and rebellion. These are all there. And undeniably, they reflect the reason. Think about this. They reflect the reason and necessity for the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And when you begin to look deeper and and stop finger pointing and go inward to the reality of what has taken place, we're not going to point a finger at, at Judas anymore. We're not going to point a finger at Pilate anymore, the Romans or the Jews, because we stand in that gap with them, humanity, all of us. We're going to take a short break, and you're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and we'll be right back after this.
2: WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM South Jersey's Talk Station.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you.
1: Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM,
2: South Jersey's Talk Station.
1: And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. What a great Saturday morning it is. And as always, thank you for sending in your questions, your comments, and your encouragements. I'm, I'm just so happy to read them all the time. Thank you. Thank you. We're going into our, I don't know, eighth or ninth year. I've got to really sit down and think about that. But it has been a pleasure and an honor to be able to bring you this weekly broadcast for all of these years. Thank you very much for encouraging me to keep doing it. And again, if you have any questions about the program or Program you'd like to hear, uh, maybe a repeat or some subjects maybe discussed a little deeper because the program isn't meant to be the end of the conversation. It's it's the starter, it's the appetizer. Because in just within one hour, almost any biblical subject it, it's that's not even enough time you know to get through some meanings of some words, <laughs> let alone an entire thought process. Um, there is so much wonderful. Things that God has written in these texts that the Holy Spirit makes come alive in us. That's the thing. They're written words, but when we read them, when the Holy Spirit is indwelling and we read them, they become alive and, and lead us in that direction of having this intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's amazing. Also, if you'd like a free Bible, you can, again, send me your name and your address to Brown at Yahoo.com, and I'll send you a free Bible, no charge. Just give me your name and address. I won't use your information for anything else. And so the program today really is entitled, Who Put Jesus on the Cross? And this is also very, if this sounds any vaguely familiar to someone who is a, a biblical scholar or a reader um A.W. Tozer put this together, put these things together a long time ago. And when he did, what he spoke all those decades ago is still just as valid today as it was then. And more so as the light grows stronger as the day grows near. So, again, thank you for listening. We're going to continue with our program, Who Put Jesus on the Cross? And where I left off in the first segment, I was saying that there's no expression in the English language which really conveys the full weight and the force of terror, which is inherent in the words transgression and iniquity. But again, man's fall and transgression against the created order and authority of God, we can recognize the perversion in it. We can recognize what these words really do mean, right? We recognize the deformity, the crookedness, and the rebellion. And then they're all there, undeniably, and they absolutely le- reflect the reason and the necessity for the death of Christ on the cross. Now, the word iniquity is not a good word either. And God does know how we hate it because it's that iniquity was placed upon Jesus's Shoulders upon his body, not for anything that he did. Remember, Pilate said he had done no wrong. This was an innocent man, yet he was going to be punished. And that iniquity was upon him, which was our iniquity. We deserve that punishment, not him. And so the the idea is that the consequences of iniquity cannot the escape so rightfully it was to come to us we deny it, and we say no, but again, the fingerprints of all mankind are plain evidence against us. We are responsible for this, and the authorities have no trouble in finding and apprehend an awkward uh, burglar who leaves his fingerprints on the tables and the doorknobs, you know because they have his record, so again, I repeat that the fingerprints of men are found. In every dark cellar, in every alley, in every dimly lit and evil place throughout the world. Every man's fingerprints are recorded and God knows man from man. He created you. He designed you. Those fingerprints that are on each one of your fingers, he designed those carefully and lovingly and compassionately and graciously. Oof. And it's impossible For us to escape that guilt and try to place our own moral responsibilities on someone else. And we do it. We are experts at it. We are the best finger pointers that you could ever imagine. When any time when something comes against us, we will try to try try to pervert, convert anything of that opinion in and But what about him? What about him? What about his sin? What about that one? You know, we had all those guys that were there when Jesus was with the woman that they brought to Jesus. Oh, we got to stone her because she's a prostitute. She's a whore. She's done all these abhorrent things. The problem was is probably almost every man in that crowd had some relation at some time. And probably the one who was shouting the loudest at the back doing the finger pointing um, didn't want his wife or his family to find out. That's the truth. And that's the world in which we live in. The idea of it is, it is a highly personal matter, our iniquities. Extremely, extremely personal. And for our transgressions, our iniquities, he was bruised and wounded. And I don't even want to tell you of the implications of his wounding, what they did to him. What it means is that he was profaned, he was broken he was stained and he was defiled with earth's grime, with humanity's grime think about that, grime and dirt the dirtiest of dirt yet he accused no one yet he cursed no one and he was Jesus Christ the wounded one. Now we find that Israel's great burden and amazing blunder was uh, the nation's judgment that this wounded one on the hillside beyond Jerusalem was somehow being punished for his own sin. Now the prophet in the Old Testament foresaw this historic error in judgment and he himself was a Jew saying, we thought We thought he was smitten of God. We thought that God was punishing him for his own iniquity. For we did not know then that God was punishing him for our transgressions and our iniquities. He was profaned for our sakes. And he who is the second person of the Godhead was not only wounded for us, but he was profaned by ignorant and extremely unworthy men. Yet, yet in his compassion, in God's compassion and grace is extended even to those ignorant and unworthy men. Isaiah wrote, in the Old Testament, that the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And how few there are of us who realize that it is this peace, the health and the prosperity, the welfare and the safety of the individual, which restores us to God. And a chastisement fell upon him so that we as individual humans could experience peace with God, there's a caveat, we could experience peace with God if we so desired, if we made the choice, if we accepted him, if we do God's will and put ours aside. Rebuke, discipline, correction, all these things are found in chastisement, all of them. Remember, he was beaten, he was scourged in the public by the decree of the Romans. They lashed him in a public view as they later lashed the Apostle Paul as well. They whipped in punishment, kept on going in full view of a jeering and screaming public, crucify him, crucify him. In his bruised and bleeding and swollen person, Was of the human heart. The peace of the world. It was the answer. It was the answer. To the peace. Of the world. I want want you to understand that again. His bruised. His bleeding and swollen body. Was the answer to the peace of the world. And to the peace. Of every heart. Of humanity. He was chastised for our peace, and so those blows that gave that give us peace fell upon him. And I'll tell you, I don't believe there is any more humilin, ever humiliating punishment, ever devised by as cruel mankind, than that of a whipping and a flogging of grown men in public view. Many men have been put in jail, have become a kind of hero in the eyes of the public. Heavy fines get assessed against various offenders of the law. But it's not unusual for such an offender to boast and brag, right? About what? What are we seeing so much in the news lately? About his escape. But when a bad man is taken out before a laughing, yelling crowd stripped to the waist... And soundly whip like a child, a bad child. He loses face, and there's no boasting left. And he'll probably never be bold or a bad man like he was before. I can almost assure it. That's the kind of whipping and chastisement that breaks the spirit and the humility. It, it humiliates you. <laughs> We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown. Only one talk
2: station in South Jersey has an app that's focused exclusively on what's happening in Atlantic and Cape May counties. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Don't fish through some generic app along with thousands of other stations. The WPG Talk Radio app brings you the latest South Jersey news and weather information, breaking news, push notifications, and more. Download the WPG Talk Radio Talk Radio app today through WPGTalkRadio.com.
0: Fox News. I'm Paul Stevens. Hamas launching its biggest attack on Israel in years, firing hundreds of rockets into Israel and infiltrating across the border. The Israelis had no indications this was going to take place. There are fighter jets in the air over Gaza right now, striking positions and reports of infiltrations along the border. This is an unprecedented coordinated attack by the factions inside Gaza. And that's Fox's Trey Yings. President Biden saying the White House is legally bound to resume border wall construction, telling reporters. The wall thing?
2: Is that you talking about? Yes. Well, I was told that I had no choice. They tried to ask the Congress to consider changing the law.
0: Now the White House has suspended 26 different federal laws in order to facilitate construction of about 20 more miles of border wall. America is listening to Fox News.
2: Your WPG Atlantic City Electric AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Cloudy, warm and humid overnight with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. The overnight low 64. Mostly cloudy Saturday and breezy with a little rain into the early afternoon. Outdoor plans can be impacted high 72. For Saturday night, mainly clear, breezy and cooler, low 46. Sunday breezy with partly sunny skies high 62. I'm AccuWeather's Drew Shannon on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app.
1: And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 95.5. We're in the third segment of today's program. Again, thank you for joining in. If you have any questions about today's program, you can contact me by email at Saturday Morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. Also, if you'd like a free modern translation Bible, please send me your name and your address and I will mail you one free of charge. My only hope and prayer is that you'll wear out the pages. And remember, my program, the program we share weekly, isn't to be the end all to biblical Study and understanding. It is simply a beginning, a taste, an appetizer that hopefully after you listen to this program on a early Saturday morning, you might just sit down again and continue in prayer and continue in that intimate relations with you and the creator of the universe and continue in studying those wonderful words, inspired words that he had written down for us to read throughout the centuries. I truly appreciate you, Lord, and thank you for doing that. As we continue today, when we were talking about, we left off in the other segment, the previous segment, about the whipping and the chastisement of what it does, how it breaks the spirit and how it humiliates. Um, it's just horrible of what, the humiliation that goes along with the pain of all of that. But I can only speak for myself as a forgiven and justified sinner. That's what the Bible tells me. That's what the Spirit of the Lord has relayed to me through these wonderful words of inspired words. And I hope that that is related to you at the same time. And I think I speak for a great, amount of people, of of forgiven people, of born-again men and women, when I say that in our repentance, we sense just a fraction and just a minute token of the wounding and chastisement which fell upon Christ. As he stood in our place and in our behalf. And I'm hopeful that a truly penitent man who has realized the enormity of the sin that, that we are responsible for and the rebellion against God senses in some way a violent revulsion against ourselves. Against ourselves. I'm hoping that we don't feel that we can actually dare to ask God to let us off. Let us off the hook, Lord. Please. Please. <clears throat> excuse me but the peace has already been established the blows have already fallen upon Christ publicly humiliated disgraced like a common thief wounded and ah uh, just a picture of that just that image in my mind is is crushing to my soul but I'm lifted up because of the strength that he Honored his father. He honored his father on our behalf. He took our place so that we could be reunited with God. It's amazing. He didn't commit. He didn't do anything wrong. He had no rebellions in which he took part in. Right? He wasn't a leader of rebellion. But for the iniquity in the human stream... That was an outrage to a loving God and creator. And I think Isaiah sums this up really good in his message of substitutionary atonement with the great news, the good news, the great news that with his stripes we are healed. And I dare say I hope we never get complacent about what he suffered on our behalf. I hope we never take for granted what he suffered on our behalf. And the meaning of those stripes in its original language is not a pleasant description. It means to be actually hurt and injured until the entire body is black and blue as one great bruise. Mankind is Always use this kind of boldly laceration as a punish, you know, as a punitive measure, right? As a punishment, and society has always insisted upon the right to punish a man for his own wrongdoing. And the punishment is generally suited to the nature of the crime. It's a kind of revenge that society takes, uh, taking vengeance against a person who dared who dared to flout their rules, right? But the suffering of Jesus Christ was not punitive. It was not for himself. It was not for a punishment of anything that he had done. That we must understand. Actually, the truth of the matter is that the suffering of Jesus was corrective, but not for himself. He was willing to suffer in order that he might correct us and perfect us so that his suffering might not begin and end in suffering, but that might begin in suffering and end in healing. And my friends, that is the glory of the cross. That's the glory of the kind of sacrifice that was for so long in the heart of God. That is the glory of the kind of statement that allows a repentant sinner like myself to come to a peaceful and gracious fellowship with his God and creator. It began in his suffering and it ended in our healing. It began in his wounds and it ended in our purification. It began in his bruises and ended in our cleansing. Ah, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. So I asked you, what's our, what's our repentance? What is, what is it? What's ours? And so I've kind of discovered that repentance is mainly remorse for the share that we had in the revolt. And it was a revolt that wounded Jesus Christ, our Lord. It was a revolt. It's nothing other than a revolt. I don't care how you try to make it this, that. This. It was a revolt that wounded our Savior and our Lord. And I've also discovered that truly repentant man. Never quite get over it. I'm not getting over it. For repentance is not a state of mind. Yeah, because things can leave our mind. It's not a state of mind and of spirit that takes its leave as soon as God has given us our forgiveness and as soon as the cleansing is realized. That painful an acute conviction that accompanies repentance may well subside, right? And a sense of peace and cleansing comes, but even the holiest of justified men will forever think back over his part in the wounding and the chastisement of the Lamb of God. I know in myself, as I have these I don't want to call them revelations, but maybe continued realizations, right? Because we can get off track and we can get, our attentions can be taken to the left or right in this world by so many things. A sense of shock, I believe, still comes over us. I do. A sense of wonder, I also believe, a wonder that the lamb was wounded Think about this. The lamb that was wounded and should turn his wounds into cleansing and forgiveness of the one who wounded him. Wow. And so this brings to mind the gracious moving in many of our beautiful church assemblies. That's what we're working towards. A willingness to move towards a spiritual purity of the heart. Let's teach it and let's exemplify it. Right? John Wesley said at one point that we were in a time of spiritual dryness. Are we out in that desert again? Because it seems like we're being pushed and shoved aside. I don't know. Are we standing up? Are we? I pray we are. It's what we should do. It's what we should be. And in spite of the fact that the word sanctification is a good Bible word, we have experienced a period in which our churches hardly dare breathe this word because of the fear of being classified as a religious fanatic. Years ago, the term used to be holy rollers. There's been all kinds of terms that we've been... It's it's actually how the word Christian came about. We we didn't make that up. You know, there, <laughs> there was a, a king that made that up, not a non believer who said, Oh, you're trying to make me into this. It was actually more of a slur than it was anything else. Not only is the is the good word sanctification coming back, and we need to make it be back. We need to hold on to it. We need to not let go of it at all. And I am hopeful that what the word stands for in the heart and mind of God is coming back to. I really do. And the believer, the child of God, should have a holy longing and desire for a pure heart and clean hands that are a delight to his Lord. It is for this that Jesus Christ allowed himself to be Humiliated, to be maltreated, to be lacerated. He was bruised. He was wounded. He was chastised so that the people of God could be cleansed and spiritual people in order that our minds might be pure and our thoughts pure. Mm, let that process, let that sink in deeply. We're going to take a short break and you're listening to Saturday morning with Dan Brown here on WPG talk radio. 95.5. Stay tuned.
2: WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Venture For the ones who work hard to
0: ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or
1: just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. WPG Talk Radio
2: 95.5.
1: And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is a great Saturday morning. Thank you for tuning in and joining us. We are in the last segment of today's program entitled, Who Put Jesus on the Cross? And that's a subject that's been talked about endlessly by everybody, believer and non-believer. You know, the impact that Christ had on this world, that there are many, many people who acknowledge somehow that Jesus existed in a way. and um, You know, but he was just this good guy. Not even... Remotely understanding the impact of what Christ did on that simple hewn tree that he was nailed to. That the entire fate of humanity rested on the body. That he allowed, and I will say this again, he allowed this to take place. He had the ability to at any moment to call down legions of angelic beings to lift him up, take him off, wipe out everybody there. That was at his fingertips. But he came with a purpose. And the purpose was to serve his heavenly father and do his father's will. And his will was that God, as it says in John 3, 16, God would give his only, his only begotten son, so that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And when God was giving that son, so many didn't realize that the end result of giving that son was the son's death. Yet there are parables after parables, there are texts throughout the entire scriptures that give us all the indications of what Jesus' life would be, what he would do, and what the end result would be. How did he become the Prince of Peace? How did he become the King of Kings? How did he become the Bridegroom? Because he gave himself for humanity. Now the deed is done, my friends. The deed is done. And he remains to this day in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And his hope is that you and I will make that conscious choice. It is a choice on our part. It is not us removing our own sin and doing all that. The idea is that we we do not have the ability to do that. So he did it for us, for all of us, for all time, all at once. Those bruises, those stripes, the blood that leaked, every drop of blood that leaked from his body was for you and I. You and I. Think about that. Please think about that. Again, the provision that it all began in his suffering and ends in our cleansing is the grace that God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ. Again, it began with an open, bleeding wound, ends in peaceful hearts and calm and joyful demeanor in his people. That's you and I. And so... For me, every humble and devoted believer in Christ, we have to have our own periods of contemplation and wonder and amazement at the mystery of godliness. Yeah, there is a mystery to godliness because you and I can barely, (laughs) you and I can barely love one another, let alone love our neighbor. And yet he tells us we have to go one step further. We have to love our enemies. And there is a way to do that. And that is by accepting that sacrifice and beginning that intimate relationship with the creator of the universe. So again, I say, every humble and devoted believer in Christ... We have to have our own periods of wonder and amazement of godliness. Not only that, but the willingness, here's another term for Christ, a willingness of the Son of Man to take our place in judgment and in punishment. He not only took our judgment, we talk a lot about the punishment, but he took the judgment and received that punishment. And I'll say this, if the amazement has all been gone, it's left you, it's all gone out of you, something is wrong, seriously wrong. And you have some stony ground. Oh, my gosh. You need, you need to go and pray. And you need to ask God to open your heart so that you can understand the full measure of what Christ has done for you. And, you know, we talk a lot about Paul because many consider Paul to be one of the holiest men who have ever lived, the Apostle Paul. And I will tell tell you he was not ashamed in his times of remembrance and wonder over the grace and kindness of God. He was not. He would talk about it all the time in his writings. And he knew that God did not hold his old sins, his former self, because we becoming a new creature. So he did not hold his old sin against him forever. Knowing the account was all settled. That's what it is, like an account. Paul's happy heart assured him time and time again that all is well because we've accepted that sacrifice. But at the same time, Paul could only shake his head in amazement and confess listen to Paul's words. I am unworthy to be called by his grace. Yet I am a new creation. In Jesus Christ. And I want to drive this point home. I want to make this point about faith and assurance and the rejoicing of Paul in order to say that if we, if we have a humble sense of perpetual penitence, right? If we can keep that, it can prevent us from backsliding. It's when we let that go. It's when we become complacent in the world and comfortable in our situation that we forget the stripes, the wounds, and the transgressions. I'll remind you of another writer from old, Charles Finney, one of the greatest of God's writers and men. What a strong believer Finney was throughout his years. He testified that in the midst of all that he had done all of his endeavors in working to bring men to, to into a knowledge of Christ he would at time find a sense of coldness in his own heart. Some people would say, you know, when we talk about Tozer and we talk about Oswald and Chambers and all of these A.W. Tozer, all these wonderful men that we still have their writings to encourage us and lead us forward and and give us a sense of what the world was like throughout these decades before us. Knowing that the world hasn't changed. It's not. And our message hasn't changed. And hopefully that every new birth will have the opportunity to hear of Christ's death. So they can make a willing choice to accept that sacrifice and become a new creation. Those of us who compose the body of Christ and the bride, his church, we must inwardly be aware of two basic facts. If we're to be joyfully effective in our service to the Lord, we must have a positive knowledge that we are cleansed through his wounds and with God's peace and realize through his stripes. My friends, this is how God assures us that we may be all right inside. And when we're in this spiritual condition, we will absolutely treasure the purity of of his cleansing, and we will not excuse any of our wrongdoing or any evil that we may begin to think about. And also, we must keep, my goodness, we must keep upon us a joyful and compelling sense of gratitude for the bruised and wounded one. He's the bride. He's the head of the church. He's the rock, right? The cornerstone. We must keep this compelling sense of gratitude for the bruised and wounded one, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And my friends, what a mystery of redemption that the bruises of one healed the bruises of many. That the bruises of one healed the wounds of millions. And that the stripes of one healed the stripes of many. The wounds and the bruises that should have fallen upon us fell upon him. And we are saved for his sake. God bless you all. Thank you. For listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies.